Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Growing Up Gay with Vaughn and Malik. My name is Vaughn. I'm one of the uh, co-hosts of The Fine Show. If this is your first time listening, I'm a 20-something-year-old from Jamaica. Um, I enjoy fine niggas, um, seafood, preferably, and um, I don't know. This is really random. I did not plan on this. So, Malik... (laughs) Greetings and salutations. It is I, Malik Khalid. I am a twenty. Nigga, I know you did not just drop your voice. I know you did not just drop your voice five octaves. <laughs> greetings and salutations. Greetings, greetings and salutations. salutations. Uh, Nigga, I can do that this too. Is, Don't even. This is Malik, and uh, <laughs> I am a twenty-eight-year-old. Okay. Anyway, hey y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Um, you know what, y'all? I love a good surf and turf. Real talk. That's what I love. A good surf and turf. A good steak with, a, a, you know, some good lobster, some good shrimp. Mm. To me, mm. that is everything. Um, We're back with Growing Up Gay. I hope you guys are having an awesome weekend. I hope you guys have had an awesome week. Um, if you're new to the show, thank you for listening. Vaughn, how has your week been going? Um, <clears throat> my week has been a little all over the place, uh, but it's been cool. Like, um, like I said, all over the place, but good. You know, I've had some, some, some ups mm-hmm. and I've had some downs, but no, no, I've had a, I've had a good week. It's been busy as hell. New York is cold. New York is cold. Say that again. <laughs> um, but no, I've just been working, keeping my head above water, making away when I can. Good times. Yeah. You know. Yeah. How has yours been, friend? My week's been awesome. Um, It's been... I had a procedure Monday that has left me really... It was an outpatient procedure. Um, and it's left me a little bit drained. But I'm here to still tell the long tale about it. Um, You know, one thing about having to um, do any type of procedure where... Um, um, an anesthesiologist is involved, man, once you wake mm-hmm. up, you will feel all kind of ways. Like, I woke up crying. It was the weirdest Feeling thing. some type of way? Bitch, Wait, I woke, crying? Yeah, like, I cried. Like, I was so... It was the weirdest thing. Like, I just woke up feeling the... Just... I was an emotional wreck when I woke up. I was like, where is my... Fr-? I was calling out for my friend. Like, where is he? Aww. It was... Yeah, it was, it was it was much, but... um, You were going through it. Yeah, bitch was caught up in the rapture. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one knew that. But I had to, uh, you know, bring mm. myself back together. But other than that, I've just been healing and resting um, from from that because it took it took a little bit out of me it was a doozy to say the least you got your Um, did you get your nose done i you know i can't say i can't i can't say all i would say is listen if i if 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 i look different when you see me don't don't ask me no questions (laughs) that's your business and not theirs right that's my business (laughs) and not theirs it's my business and not theirs honestly um that brings me to the get it together for this week um, my get it together is going to be, it's my business and not theirs. Um, mm. this week, well, this week and last week in yoga, my intention as I've been teaching has been about minding your business. Um, and, mm. and I've tied that in with the art of saying no, because to mind your business, you have to say no to mind someone else's. 
There you go. All right. So, uh, so I've been tying those things together. Last week, the episode was was about the artist saying no. So all in all, with minding your business, it gives you an opportunity to really focus on what you have going on, to focus less on external things. So it keeps you focused. It keeps you um, present on yourself. And right now, there's so much clickbait. There are so many things that will deter you, that will take your mind off of what the ultimate um, value is. Um, so it's important to to mind your business um, in all aspects of our lives. When it comes to um, your friends' business, gossiping about them, um, giving your unsolicited opinion about what they have going on, um, what your colleague is wearing, just simply minding yours. Um, And I think a good time to not mind your business is when someone invites you to mind theirs with them. Mm. (laughs) If you're not being invited into the conversation, invited into the decision-making, then just stay out of it. Um, There's nothing worse than a backseat driver and do us all a favor. Stand in solidarity with your brothers and sisters with minding yours. (laughs) (laughs) that's my get it together for the week it was it's it's very simple um i you know a great story i think that that ties with that i remember there was a time when um just actually you know what great example right here monday i was I was on the gurney. They were taking me to the operating room to do this procedure for me. And I looked on the board and my name was on the board and they had my last name, but with a different letter by it. And, mm. and so that I, I assumed that that letter should have been my first, my first initial, but it was a different letter that I was like, Hey, my name is incorrect on that board. Right. Um, and they were like, Oh, is it really? that's not right. You know, let, let's fix it. And then they verified with me in the operating room. They were like, okay, so tell us your last name. So I saw, I told them my last name and they said, well, that's what we have on the board. And I said, but the letter behind it is incorrect. They said, oh, well that letter dicts that, that letter is there to, to let us know what, what type of procedure you're having, not your first name. Oh, so all in all, you guys, if you mind your business, <laughs> <laughs> and and let these people do what they have to do. You won't end up with egg on your face. Um, <laughs> so all in all, that's my get it together for the week. Um, Vaughn, what you got for us? Let me say really quickly. I'm actually glad you said something. You know. Yeah. Because a lot of times I think people do the absolute opposite and they don't speak up when they should have. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's too late. They didn't already cut your ass open. <laughs> so, so I'm glad you clarified. I mean, they did put, they did tell you to sit your ass down, but <laughs> I'm did. glad you stood your ass up yeah. because you never know. They, they did. Um, they did. They did say, <laughs> sit down. We got this. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> My getting together for this week is don't be afraid to take a step back and ex- and assess the direction of your destination. I'll say that again because I kind of stumbled. I have braces. Sometimes it makes it a little difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid to take a step back and assess the direction of your destination. A lot of the times when we have things kind of mapped out or planned out in our head, uh, we make decisions or we know where we want to be. We know where we want to go and we're like, you know, steadfast in that direction towards those things. Um a lot of times we can be complicit in that, right? Like we can just continue to go along with it and not really pay attention to any signs, even if we're feeling any kind of doubt 
or if like or maybe you're like you're going to a restaurant for example and like you've been planning to go to that restaurant for a week and like regardless of people telling you they don't season their food or the waiters are rude whatever the case may be like because you've been going to the like you've had that that restaurant plan in your mind for a week you just go and then you get there and the food is nasty and the people are rude and you're like wow bitch i can't believe but it's like you should believe because you've been told so Mm. right but also there's times where it's the same situation like oh that movie's trash or or the restaurant isn't good and like you get to the restaurant and you have a fabulous time and you're like well i'm glad i came point being don't be afraid to take that step back and 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 assess where you're headed like whether it's school whether it's uh professional life like for me and i'll be very candid and honest it's in regard to career um i think i spoke about it a little bit on this podcast before i have uh accepted a new position uh with a new company that i'll be starting next year um but as i started looking into it and i'll be quite honest uh there it's this was caused by uh another person that i work with left um and they got a new job a new role and they're making like bank right they're doing it's a great position for them they're making a lot of money and I'm not gonna lie, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Hold up, wait, hold up, hold up, wait, bitch. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. No niece left <laughs> behind. You that no niece left right. behind. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I started because I mean, my position is bomb as hell. I'm very thankful for it. This is literally something I'm manifesting. But after looking into it, I'll be very honest. There, I do have some concerns, and I've reached out to the company in regard to those concerns. And I just want to make sure that I'm making the right decision for myself because I have goals and I have plans. And I mean, God has laughed at my goals and my plans time and time mm. again. Um, he, at this point, like even when it comes to like making manifestations or trying to, like I think I've spoken about, I, well, not think, I have spoken about that on the pod, podcast where I feel like I don't know what it is with me and manifestation, but that shit just isn't. <laughs> like... Some of y'all got it. Some of y'all, like, say, I want steak and lobster, and I don't know how I'm going to get it because I'm broke, and then tomorrow y'all have steak and lobster. I say, I want steak and lobster, and I'm broke, and I don't know how I'm going to get it, and God would be like, here's a Lunchable. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you ate, though, didn't you, bitch? <laughs> right. But you ate. God would be like, but you ate, though. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so I just, I have, I don't be afraid to take that step back. That's what I'm doing right now. I want to make sure that I'm making the right decision for myself. Uh, I do have a little bit over a month to pull out if you know, I feel like in the end, this isn't for me. Um, so right now I'm, I'm weighing my options. I'm going to start applying for some other things. And if nothing comes to fruition prior to, I'm going to take that as God saying, jump, you know, feet and head first into whatever the situation is. And if something else does become available and it is um, more lucrative and it, you know, it, it does for me what I want for me, then, you know, I'll adhere in that direction and you know although i've talked about it with my family the new job that is um and my mother is (laughs) my mother she can't chat (laughs) as we say in jamaica her mouth runs like well we say your mouth run like full body which is basically you talk a lot like you know diary of the um, mouth right literally exactly diary of the mouth um, so she's told a lot of people and a lot of people are very proud of me and all that, you know, which is all fine and dandy. But I mean, if I, if I do, you know, take the one instead of the two, they'll still be proud because a bag is a bag. Yeah. Hello. Especially um, a new bag, yeah. right? Okay. Especially, a, you know, a bag with a, a very nice title. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just want to make sure that I'm making the right decision for myself. And 
although, like I said, I'm I've already accepted that other position. I've told myself it's perfectly fine to pull out of it if something uh, better uh, does come along. So that, or not better per se, if something more aligned with what I want for myself out of life comes along. That's what I'll say. Because both options are great, but you know, you got to make the right decision. So don't be afraid to take a step back and assess where you are, what you want for yourself and what you have coming forward. Like if you have your mindset, like even if it's about moving, like if you really say to yourself, okay, I'm going to move somewhere, right? Don't be afraid to say, okay, should I make this move at this time? Is this really the best decision for me right now? Granted, moving is one of those situations where it's hardly ever the best time. Like, because you never know what's going to happen when you move. Um, just don't be afraid. Yeah. Not be afraid to take that step back. And, and just because you've pulled over to make sure your directions are correct doesn't mean you won't still get to your destination. Okay? Absolutely. That's my get it together for this week. That makes me think about... Um... I had an old manager. He had a saying, and the saying was, "You have to inspect what you expect." And oh yeah, I, listen that that's my go to. Yeah, that is my go to line. Yeah, like that expression to me, it's it's really powerful because it it really talks about exactly what you're saying. You know, don't be afraid to understand what it is that you desire and make sure that these things, these actions. This life that you're living is in line with those things, and, and it's going to get you there. You have to you have to check in with yourself, check in with your values and your goals as much as possible. You should always absolutely. be trying to uh, recalibrate your compass, if you will. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, friend. Well said, well said. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to take a, a quick little break, and we'll be right back with y'all. What up, y'all? It's Vaughn. Hope you all are enjoying the episode thus far. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns in regard to the podcast, or you have a question, or if you need some advice in regard to something, please feel free to reach out to us at Vaughn at GrownUpGay.com, Malik at GrownUpGay.com, or GrownUpGay at gmail.com. If you have any questions in regard to those uh, addresses, please feel free to check the down bar below. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, so for this week's Growing Up Gay, um, we wanted to take, well, not take, we wanted to discuss um, what I'm calling, <laughs> uh, well, okay, let me be fully transparent with you all. We, we didn't know what we wanted to discuss. There's two kind of two topics at hand. Um, one of them is PC culture. You know, have we, in the post Me Too age and in the current social media age where people get triggered easily and we're more aware, we're more conscious, we're more thoughtful, right? We're more, uh, there's a word that I'm looking for. We're more mindful. Mindful. Considerate is the word that I was looking for. We're more considerate of, same thing, honestly, um, of of people's feelings, emotions, the things that we say and, and how our words and actions affect people, right? Which is a great thing. We shouldn't be inconsiderate because then you're just an asshole um so there's that side of the argument and then also i wanted to discuss society's obsession with helping someone up a ladder just to watch them fall Mm. down it or just to hope and pray that they fall down the same ladder we help them get up um so what really has driven this topic and and she's going to be kind of one of the first people we'll discuss is the recent discussion around lizzo and i shouldn't say recent because i feel like we've at this point, it's been a few weeks strong, um, these discussions, well, a few months strong in certain sectors, right? The discussions around her weight and her freedom 
to express and 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 um to be like a, a a sex bot, right? She's a little bit of a sex kitten. She likes to show. She likes to shake. Yep. Right. Uh, the same way, say, Megan the Stallion likes to show and likes to shake. And uh, of course, there was a lot of discourse in regard to that at first because Lizzo is a big girl. Um, she is fat. Um, and a lot of people aren't as comfortable with a person with a larger body that isn't shaped a certain way, especially um, being as free with their self as Lizzo is, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of the discussion in regard to her, right? And then there's another part of the discussion where, okay, fine and dandy, but people, especially I feel like a lot of supporters of Lizzo, feel like any and everything, people like people can't say anything to her because if it is, then they automatically bring up the fact that she's a woman of a certain size and she's a black woman of a certain size, right? There's there's definitely, that's definitely a factor that you have to take in, into con- into consideration. Right. Um, and they use that, right, to protect her in all aspects. You can be like, ooh, I don't like Lizzo's shoes. Well, you don't like her shoes because she's fat. No, she's, no, sis, the shoes are ugly. Like, it has nothing to do with her being a BBW. Like, it, I, I just don't like the shoes. That's all I said. Yeah. Or, ooh, she sounded a little flat. Oh, would you be saying that if she was a skinny pop star that, you know, it gets, well, we have 20 skinny pop stars that get on stage and they, they're flat. Why do you guys say something about Lizzo? Is it because of her size? And it's like, no, sis, she was under the note. Like, it has nothing to do with... <laughs> Like in the great words of of Brand, of of, of uh, Whitney Houston, why are you down here? You should be up here. Right, like right, it has right, nothing right. to do with her size, right? So there's a lot of that. Like because we we do live in this, like I said, considerate culture, right? That's that's where we are right now. It, it causes a lot of people to to almost be immune to critique, right? We're gonna go into Summer Walker, for example. Summer Walker was this mysterious R&B gem. Uh, she released these projects back to back, seemingly out of nowhere, and then became this star. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the 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 rise of that stardom, she started to win awards. She was, you know, getting hit singles. There was a lot of uh, acclaim around her debut album, which I love. Um, and then there were, you know, it became it came to our light, I should say, that she might not be the best performer. Um, she might not be the most considerate singer because she's not showing up to things on time she's having people wait in the cold and then not taking any responsibility or any accountability in regard to to those things right and it's very those are things that you should be able to hold someone you know accountable like you should be able to hold her to those like if for instance i remember when this was like the the uh diamond world tour rihanna had some instances with her being late to shows and these were like full blog posts magazine articles exposure her getting like you know like whole concert reviews written up around the fact that she was like maybe 45 minutes yeah right whereas with summer it was like oh my god but she has um uh uh, damn what is it social anxiety or something social anxiety Mm -hmm. yes she has social anxiety and you guys need to be nice to her because she's not (laughs) you know she's not nice she's not good with being around people and i just feel like because of her social anxiety you guys need to back off or she's having meet and greets and not wanting to talk to people, not really, you know, doesn't want to hug, telling people like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm an empath because of, uh, because I'm an empath. I like, I feel your energy and I can feel that you're broke and I want your broke ass energy near me. So just stay over there, sis. And it's like, well, she's an empath and she has social anxiety. I don't know why this is a problem, but it's like, ugh, should we allow 
the 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 things that you know her because it's not a mental illness right but should we allow her not even should we allow her the 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 those things have allowed her essentially the room or the freedom to not show up in ways that she should as an entertainer right um and then like there's a, there's a, there's more people we can discuss right and we're going to but i want i want to first start with those two lizzo and summer walker do you have anything you want to share anything you want to touch on in particular so with lizzo i think that um actually i'll start with summer walker i think with summer walker First, I want to say that social anxiety is real. That's a thing that people struggle with every day. A lot of people are in, Hi, I am are, one of them. are in psychotalk therapy <clears throat> to work on that and to, and, and to find coping mechanisms that are safe for them and for others for them to be able to fully be present in, in their being when they are uh, suffering through that particular um, ailment. So I do want to start there. Um, I think that... It really is, it really, critique and criticism, I think it all, I think it always matters from the source. And I think we have to be, be really considerate of the way that we get our news and our media. It's through social, absolutely. it's through social media, right? And, absolutely, and, absolutely. and, and oftentimes when we get our news and media this way, it is, you know, it's been tainted already. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like, um, w- when you talk about are we in this day and age where people are so PC that they can't even be honest or if it's a valid critique, it has to be invalidated with um, this this standpoint of, well, she's suffering from this, so you can't say that because it's not politically correct. Correct. Well, I think that um, in the past, when we had stars and celebrities and they would act out and show up late to shows, we wouldn't know why. Or or there would be, you know, one one gossip rag, you know, the National Enquirer that had some type of alleged article on what's going on with this star. I think that right. um, when we compare times, like, we didn't have language for social anxiety then. I'm not saying that... Um, Summer Walker should not be held accountable for not showing up to shows on time because at the end of the day, we all have to be accountable for our trauma. We all have to be accountable for our experiences. But I do think that it is a legitimate reason of why someone could be suffering. Um, a lot of people aren't hip to what being an empath is and, and, and actually being able to feel and receive energy from others. And I think that that's a very real expression for someone to say that, hey, I don't want to do a meet and greet with your ass. <clears throat> um, I don't want you hugging me because I don't know what your energy is. I don't know what you have on me. And maybe Summer is in a very vulnerable place that she feels like she will pick that up. I don't know. But I do think that it is a little bit, honestly insensitive to because the memes that i see about summer walker are so insensitive Mm -hmm. they don't come from a place of understanding they don't come they don't come from a place of well let me attempt to at least be tolerant of this situation it's always from a place of let's make fun of her let's you know we have um let's tear her down because she's not showing up to shows but it but it doesn't seem like we're even coming at it from a standpoint of concern 
Um, it, it, it seems like it's just almost how you said, let's, let's build her up to tear her down now. Um, that's kind of how I see the Summer Walker thing. I do think she does need to be accountable for her healing and for her mental, her mental well-being. But at the same time, I do mm-hmm. think that if you, it's important for people to be tolerant and to be understanding, um, of the situation and not so assholey about it. Okay, and here is the the and this is <clears throat> I'm glad we have somewhat opposing views in regard to this, right? Is that is it my responsibility to be, you know, uh considerate of your ailment or your uh the space you're in if it is causing me to be in a uh, less favorable condition, right? For instance, if you suffer from social anxiety, right? You sign on to be a, a, a singer. You sign on to release your music. You put these. You you sign up for a tour, right? You're going into the situation knowing everything that you know about yourself. Is it my fault that you didn't curate the space that is most conducive to your best self, right? Because if you're Summer Walker. You have social anxiety, you're an empath, and you don't like, uh, you don't, you can't, not even don't like, you can't meet and greet with people. Why are you putting meet and greets as something that people can buy? That's a great question. Why is she? And I think that's something that should be looked at further. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. And again, and, and often, and, and no, the often thing is, I'm not looking like this. It, it sometimes comes from the label. They put together these things and they say, you know, right. Hey, you're required to do this regardless of if right. the artist wants to or not, you know? Okay. So let's, let's own. And then, and this is where I, I, I was trying to get to not even just yeah. that there's a lot. And, and, and I love summer, but to me, she's shown what a lot of this generation has shown that they don't care about, the platform that they have outside of the the um superficial sides of it right for instance for her show in toronto she said she had no clue what time she was supposed to be on stage Mm. she said she was backstage and that she goes on stage when people get her she didn't know what time the show was supposed to start she didn't know what time the people got there and she didn't know it was cold outside mind you she's in toronto in winter that to me <laughs> is bullshit. Yeah, that sounds like bullshit. And the fact that you would somebody would even use that as an excuse to their to whatever the situation. And by the way, there's invalid excuse to why her show was late, according to what. And this wasn't even according to her camp, which just goes to show how careless a lot of these people are. Apparently, there were some issues with her her stage being held at the border. And that information got released, not didn't get released, but it was released, it was, I should say, it was said to the public weeks later by a, uh, a uh, someone else in the industry that was also going to the show. It wasn't even her camp, her people that said, hey, um, you know, this is what happened. And also, like, let's be, let's be real about the situation here. A lot of that, a lot of the Summer Walker situation, in my personal opinion, comes down to how considerate is how considerate is the person of their people, right? If I'm your fan, I'm one of your people. I know, and I hate, I don't want to bring up Rihanna again, but I've there's been situations for Rihanna shows where, like, for SNL and stuff, where she's seen her fans waiting outside and been like, let's get them pizza. 
because they're here to see me at SNL, but I don't really go on for six hours, but they want to get in line early because they want, you know, sign autographs while I do rehearsals. They want uh, to be get good seats. So they've come really early and it's cold. Let's get them pizza and, and juice, right? Or for instance, baby had a show that he was going to do, uh, the rapper, the baby that is, right. had a show that he was going to do and he couldn't make it there because of something with like his plane. He had his people project his uh, FaceTime <laughs> Uh, for, like he FaceTimed his fans and gave them a concert via a seat because he couldn't make it. Yeah. And it, he genuinely was in a situation where he couldn't make it. That, and that, and that was, that's what I'm saying. I feel like a lot of these people, like even, and, uh, Selena Gomez, right? She's another person that I mean her no ill will at all. Uh, but she's not a star. She's not a singer. She's not a performer. And she consistently releases music. And I think that's fine. If that's the a way that you like to, if that's how you like to express and that is your form of art, I think that it's fine. However, right, if you are doing so and your, the, your performances are below subpar, we should, as an audience, be able to critique that. But whenever she does something, right, her fans and her people release all this fluff behind it to say, oh, well, she was sick or she is, you know, dealing with per- this personal issue. She fainted. She this. She that. Regardless, and I actually think Selena might really be dealing with, with some things, drugs, or alcohol. Because if you what if you saw any footage of her prior to the AMAs, like when she was doing a red carpet and stuff, she was very disoriented, and that to me didn't look like an illness. And even when she was, this is even before she was performing, because it was when she was performing. You know, I, t- I remember tweeting, like, she just doesn't need to be doing this, right? And then, you know, some of her fans were doing all these things. And then there was a tweet that was genuine that was somebody saying, hey, regardless of however you all feel, this video concerns me, right? And it was clear footage of her, of her stumbling around, you know, as she was walking on the red carpet, just not looking like she was in the best space, right? That is a separate situation, although that is an instance where people cape. But I feel like there's instances, like with Summer and with Lizzo, right, for instance, Lizzo, this the whole controversy in regard to her showing up to the Laker game with her ass out. You have people saying, "Oh, the children. What about the children?" I don't give a fuck about the children, right? Fuck them kids. That th- those aren't her children. And granted, that is a familial space. It is a public space. You should be. You should have some concern and some. Dec- you know, handle yourself with some decorum, right? In regard to those spaces. Anybody that, to me, anybody that shows up to a basketball game with a whole ass out, mind you, you're wearing an ensemble created for you to have your literal ass out. Right. Lizzo's a big girl. That is a custom piece. She didn't pick that shit up from H&M. Like, you had to cut the ass that size for it to fit. And the thing is, Lizzo does this for the sake of controversy, which is what I find it, which is personally what annoys me about it. I hate disingenuine people. I hate people that try too hard. And that's across the board for me. Anyone that knows me or that's been following me on social media for like a longer, a longer period of time. If you remember like 2009, 2010, 2011, Vaughn, I didn't personally care for Tiana Taylor because Tiana Taylor did a lot of things, right? That were very, look at me, look at me, look at me. And I hate a whole, I I hate an old look at me ass bitch. Like I'm just, whether you're a man, woman, cat, dog, Anyone that feels the need to go out of their way for attention, any form of attention, is not someone that I concern myself with, right? So Lizzo wore this piece clearly for attention. And the thing is, it's been working for her. 
Lizzo is not an idiot, and the people at Atlantic are not idiots. They know the culture we live in. They know how the world works right now, right? Lizzo wears something in the name of fat power and, you know, accepting and body acceptance and body positivity, right? You're going to have those people that are like, yes, body positivity. Love it, Lizzo. Because if this was a skinny white girl, no one would be saying anything. And then you have the people that but actually that, do fit into that. Is that not true, though? Like, I no, mean, no, 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 no. No, there's a... There's a there's a fine line. There are absolutely very ignorant people that have an issue with Lizzo solely because of the size and the color of her body, right? Okay. But there are also a ton of people that are like, girl, you're just doing too much. You're Because let's be clear, people had an issue with Megan the Stallion doing it as well, right? True. And Megan is, is, is quote-unquote the goal right now, body-wise, now, there can be an argument in regard to if she, Megan was a white girl, would it be more accepting? Let me tell you something. You know who got on my motherfucking nerves? Skinny ass, white ass Miley Cyrus. Mm. She was doing the same fucking thing. And you know what I had to say in regard to it? A lot. Okay. Didn't like it then. Don't like it now. Now, here's the thing. If Megan Thee Stallion wants to, to record herself at home twerking, fine. Lizzo has recorded herself everywhere twerking. Again, fine. However, if you go to a, a, a game with a cutout of your ass and the minute the camera pans to you and you start twerking, you're looking for attention. Mm -hmm. That is not simply you showing up as you and people having an issue with you, just your you. For in, and I saw a lot of comparisons to Rihanna, right? There are a lot of people like, oh, but Rihanna goes to games and she's very sexual and you don't have an issue with it because she's light skinned and skinny. Rihanna wearing shorts to a basketball game cannot be compared to Lizzo wearing a shirt and nothing else, a shirt and a thong and nothing else. Right. The issue here is y'all are sexualizing Rihanna because she is a naturally Rihanna could wear fucking baggy clothes and people still find it sexy. That's just what her aura gives, right? Y'all are sexualizing the things that Rihanna is wearing. Lizzo is sexualizing and objectifying herself. There's a clear difference here. Rihanna, you cannot compare Rihanna wearing a tank top and nothing under it. When it's an actual tank top, it's not like it's a sheer um, mesh it's not it's not the Swarovski Swarovski Kritzel situation, right? When she went to the when she was honored um by the CFDA and she wore that if if Rihanna shows up to the fucking a Lakers game in that outfit, then I'm gonna be like, girl, you're doing too much. <laughs> like, it's just a Lakers game. There's no need for you to wear a CFDA. Like, it would be sickening. But there's no need for it, right? Mm -hmm. However, there's a space for that, and the space she was in makes that appropriate and the thing is rihanna has gone to clubs in in very sheer outfits right but that's a club that is a from that's her getting into her car and walking into a club it's not her getting into her car walking onto abc set saying hey guys look at what i'm wearing and then going to the club you only have access to those images because of paparazzi she was minding her business she was she was her her living her her truth and herself she wasn't doing that for the sake of attention she was going to a club 
if she's going to a CFDA, there's there's a space, time, and opportunity for that. And I feel like the not that I feel like the comparisons are ridiculous, ridiculous. That's like apples and fucking watermelons. It's two completely different things. Two completely different things. So I, I like I said, and there are definitely people that have issue with Lizzo solely because of the size and color of her, color of her body. No one is speaking for those people. They're idiots. Yeah. However, you cannot say that anyone that has an issue with li- what Lizzo is doing it only has that issue because she's big and black. Because I am one of those people that had an issue when, with it when Miley was doing it, and she's little and white. She's skinny and white. Well, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I do see how people could think that, you know, she's pandering, it's over the top, it's too much, she's doing anything for attention. It, you know, I get it. But I don't, I personally believe that all, I, I think all press is good press. And I think as long as people are saying her name and are Googling her and are, are streaming her streaming her songs, she's going to continue to grow. And I think about, I think about this from a perspective of like a small business. You open up mm-hmm. a, actually, I know someone in Atlanta that opened up a cupcake shop in Brookhaven. And this cupcake, this cupcake got, got got some really bad press because the person ended up having some tax issues, um, and so they closed. But there was really negative things in the media, local media, in the community news about this cupcake shop before they closed down. But when we talk about large um, corporations and large people that have huge followings, when when we're talking about them, we go Google them. We go figure out what's going on with them. And honestly, Absolutely. I think that for people like Lizzo, th- there, th- there is not a moment that you don't want people saying your name. I think oh, about, absolutely. I think about it's how... It's big business. It's big business. And that's just the name of the game. And I think that Lizzo would be doing... I, she would be doing herself a disservice if she, if she did not tap into the game of the internet, the game of big business, the game of staying relevant, and the game of keep, keeping people top of mind. Keeping talking. her name oh, absolutely. talking absolutely. top of mind. I think about the greats that have come before her. People like Beyonce. They said Beyonce mm-hmm. was overexposed. She was here, there, and everywhere. But what we know is that there's a formula to breaking an artist. There's a formula to staying around. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that Lizzo is doing a really good job at tapping into that, playing, playing, pandering to that. And honestly, I think it's a great thing that she's doing it. Um, do I think that we can use the argument of being politically correct? Not all the time. I do think people um, are, 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 are giving their best reach often when they do, when they, when, when people are trying to be critical of her and then people say, you, you can't critique her, critique her because of X reason. I, I do think it's, it, it's, it's a bit much. I don't think anyone is, uh, is safe from, from critique. Yeah. Her size yeah. doesn't absolve her of critique. No, her size, her color does not absolve her of critique. So I, I, I think that's totally laughable. And I, and I agree. And like I tweeted this earlier, her Lizzo and the people over at Atlantic know what they're doing. The day after this controversy and all this backlash, she released a music video. Mm-hmm. And here's my thing. I'm not telling Lizzo to stop doing what she's doing. What I'm saying is for the people that have the capes on, loosen them shits up a little bit because okay. this is intentional, right? And sh- just like those businesses 
where all you know gossip is 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 good for them those big businesses all those businesses are up for critique as well yes you can't live in a space where you can literally do anything and 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 expect no one to say anything that's not gonna work it's not you can't carry on and act however you want to and no one is not gonna and no one can comment on it that's just not the world that we live in every pop star legend icon who has come before who has done all these things regardless of it being beneficial or not they were heavily critiqued and they were heavily discussed from britney spears wearing low low rising jeans low riding jeans remember that controversy yeah when low riding jeans was the worst thing in the world and she would show a little bit of her thong or or when she did the oops i did again performance at the vmas and she ripped off the suit into that sheer number yep those sacrifices, she she was a that was a sacrifice that she made. She went through hell for that shit, right? And and you can use the argument to say that it helped uh, create a lot of space for other pop stars. Rihanna went through a shit ton, a shit ton of, of uh, backlash for the things that she's done, right? That you can say created uh, the space for Lizzo to do what she's doing right now. And if that's the case, then Lizzo is gonna have to deal with the same level of of backlash. And if that opens doors for for uh, women in the future, cool. So, be but it. guess what? But guess what? I'm holding her just as accountable as I held Molly Cyrus. So don't come in my mentions with the bullshit, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So that was one part of the discussion that I really wanted to have because I felt like people were being very one sided. It's either or. It's it's well, it's either you support her or you're ignorant and you have an issue with her because of her body and her size. And her color. No. Like, people, are, black people especially are monolithic, right? We're, there's different sides, there's different viewpoints, and, and not everyone is coming at her solely because of her color and her size. Because like I said, wasn't here for it when Molly Cyrus was doing it. I'm not here for it now. Um, now, Lena Waithe. I wanted to discuss uh, Lena Waithe. I uh, just saw Queen and Slim. I just saw, I saw it about two weeks ago at this point. Um... And just the the, traje- the trajectory that I've seen her stardom kind of take throughout 2019. Um, I remember watching Lena's Rise starting in like 2017. I think that was like the first time I started hearing about Lena Waithe. Um, and I think over the... I remember her getting nominated, I think winning a Golden Globe, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it an Emmy? I think it might have been an Emmy. Excuse me, I forgot to look that up. Um, for her writing on... Um, Fuck, what is the title of the show? The Shy? No. Not the Shy. Anyway. Anyway, the point is She has she has an Emmy for um a comedy. It's an episode Master of None. Master of None for her episode of Master of None. That's Mm -hmm. what it's for. Um anyway. So I remember watching her start to rise to like celebrity, right? Because she was already like in her field and well-respected. But we start to watch this rise in fame and celebrity and people started to love her, right? She was a hero. Especially when people found out she had a black uh, significant other. We were like, oh shit, like we hardly ever get queer people that are out here that are public, black queer people that are also in like relationships with black people, that date black people, right? Uh, we've discussed that a bit on the podcast where people tend to, to rise up and then rise white, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, so people started to really love her, right? And then <laughs> the whole situation with the shy happened, right? And I think it gave people kind of like an in on... Well, actually, 
the I think the the one well, no, the thing with the shy happened first, if I'm not mistaken, right? And then I remember the Met Gala came and she wore that suit with all the those rainbow, right? It was a, yeah, it had a, it was a suit with a bunch of like different sayings and stuff on it, right? And on the suit, something was misspelled. One of the words, I believe it was like uh, shade or something like that, was misspelled. And she tried to like cover it by saying, "Oh, it was her take take on it the way people like use other colloquialisms or whatever." Like she wanted to remix the way that we say. I think it was slay. Something was misspelled, right? And to me, it was really funny because people were like looking for something and like i said the 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 suit she wore to the met gala had all these different like words on it and sayings on it like powerful words or whatever and it was like really y'all felt the need to find that one thing and kind of like say oh her outfit is trash because of that one thing right and i just saw like a then i just saw like every interview she was doing was getting picked apart everything she was doing was getting picked apart and i was like wow where is this coming from Mm -hmm. like why when did lena waif become like an enemy right Mm -hmm. and then here comes queen and slim and from the trailer came out and and it said Lena Waithe and Melina, Melina Matsukis. I saw I was so excited, right? Because Melina is a phenomenal director and, you know, Lena. So I was like, okay, I'm ready to support this. I saw a lot of backlash. Like instantly, like, mm, I don't know. Ugh. You know, Lena, especially like I said, after the 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 situation with the shy, which I totally think her uh, Lena should have been held to the fire in regard to that. Um, I think uh, it was grossly mishandled, in my personal opinion, and I think she should have done what most should do: is not necessarily banish, you know, the 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 accused, right? But don't take what the the uh, accused the victim. I hate using that word sometimes. Don't take what the victim is saying too lightly, right? Take action and be cautious. It's better to apologize to someone that was accused of something than it is to apologize to the world for how a victim was treated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that was that situation, right? Then Queen and Slim comes out and instantly, and it was so funny because everyone like from the industry side of it was like, oh, this movie is powerful. It is it is beautifully written. It's it's perfect. It's gonna be this moment for the community. Oh, it's stunning. It's this. It's like all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And we, as we all know, opinions on 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 movies are they're they're they subjective. Like you, anyway, everyone is gonna in, interpret a movie differently because of their own experiences. And you know, it is what it is, right? Right. Because the Joker, the Joker was the same way. Some people thought it was amazing i with one of those people some people thought it was too slow some people walked in there ready for shit to start blowing up right away and that wasn't what the movie was about right so i saw the movie because i I saw all the like i said when when press and a lot of influencers who got to see it early started sharing their opinions on it the of course like i said press and all the early influencers were in love with it it was amazing it was phenomenal it was next level and I said, okay, well, a lot of those people have ties, and I'm gonna be very transparent. By a lot of those people, I'm talking about like Kid Fury and and um, and um, Crystal, because of course the Reed talked about that the movie like endlessly, um, and of course Fury has relationships with Lena, so you know by the way Crystal of course has relationships with Lena, and I like wouldn't expect them to say anything but nice things, right? Right. Um, a lot of other people that saw it early had kind of like an in or, you know, some kind of relationship with Lena and or Melina. So, of course, they kind of had nice things to say about it. Right. 
But then there were people who were just movie critics that had great things to say about it. So I said, when once the, the public started to see it, I saw, well, once the public got hold to it, it came out, I started to see a lot of like negative like reviews for it, right? And I was like, damn, this feels like a Cynthia uh, Ervo situation mm. with um with the movie about um oh my god Harriet 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 yeah Harriet Tubman right and that's another situation that also broke my heart because I felt like I wanted to see that granted no one has true tellings of Harriet Tubman's life and what that was about <laughs> like Harriet doesn't have any books there's no Bible that was written by disciples. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no true telling of what Harry Tubman's life was like. So essentially it, it, it all is kind of fiction. And outside of the fact that she freed slaves and maybe the latter part of her life, no one really knew what the early, like the earlier part was. Right. That was kind of had to be kind of made up. Right. Cause we have an idea, but we don't really know for sure. Right. But I felt, I felt like because people had an, in, an issue with Cynthia Arrivo, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing her last name. Um, they didn't even give the movie a chance. Like, it was panned from the jump. And I felt like people went into that movie like, regardless of how phenomenal this movie is, I'm going to say it's trash because Cynthia Erivo has issues with the African-American community. community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And a lot of these people that I'm talking about, of course, are African-American, right? There's there's a saying that she's xenophobic, et cetera, et cetera, right? Because of some of the things that she said online. And I felt like with Alina Waits' situation, it was kind of like that again, minus the xenophobia, of course, right? It was like, before I even go to this movie, I'm going to have an issue with it because of how I feel about Lena and the way that she handled, handled the shy situation. And on top of how she handled it, a lot of the things that she said post the, the shy situation, right? Um, and so a lot of the, the reviews were negative. So I wanted to see it for myself. And I, of course, have my own issues with the film. I didn't uh, care for the uh, protest scene. Um, and the way that she uh, turned the the um, mic, if you will, on the black community, um, I had kind of I had an issue with the ending. Um, but overall, I thought the movie was you know pretty good. It was stunningly shot. I didn't have the same vigor and hate for it that a lot of other people had, and it made me say, where did that come from? Like y'all, re- like y'all thought this was some of some people thought it was like the most awful thing <laughs> that was ever released, and I was like, this is so weird because. Eight months ago, this like Lena was the 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 peak. She was the the creme de la creme. Uh-huh. Everyone loved her. So it was like, where where did this kind? It was like another situation for me where the community kind of turned on on someone. We helped them get up this ladder. We we applauded them as they climbed to the top of the ladder. But then we were waiting for them to fall. Um, so in regard to that, do do you feel that? a lot of the critique that came from Queen and Slim had to do more so with her than the actual film itself or or do you think it was it is what it is well unfortunately i have not had a chance to see to see Queen and Slim you guys um okay. but i do think a lot of the critique a lot of the issue that i won't say issue but a lot of the I guess the question mark the caution that i have with Lena Wake is centered around the way she handled the issue with um the shy, the shy. And how it seemed that she was very hands off, if you will. How you know she was very much like you know, um, 
you know, we we gave. Well, I put people in place. Yes, I put people into place. I had Ayanna Presley doing this. I had, you know, we had HR come and do trainings and all this. But it seemed like she wanted to be as far away from it as possible. And I get that. You do want to distance yourself from things that are problematic, especially when money is involved, especially when budgets are involved. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and, and on any of these productions, you have to remember that there are people that their their livelihoods are tied up into these productions and when the production check mm-hmm. stops they stop eating so i it affects everyone. it affects everyone yeah. so i get why and how you know why she had to kind of ride this fine line of kind of being oblivious but i do think that all in all when you decide to kind of take that standpoint, you have to be ready for everything else that kind of turns with that standpoint you take. Um, and, Absolutely. and I felt like for Lena, for Lena to be a huge advocate when it comes to, you know, people that are marginalized rights and speaking up, I felt like it was kind of like a missed opportunity to really she, shine a light. She turned a blind yeah, she eye she turned a blind eye and, and almost seemed like she was really riding for the alleged acute. I'm mean, I'm sorry, the alleged attacker um, by being so vague, so so vague, so silent with her um, with her standpoint. So I think for me, that's where a lot of the backlash from Lena Worth's from Lena from Lena Waithstem stems from her silence over um, the Shire incident, right? And it's it's really and I think the reason why I find it so weird to to watch because like I said we've seen this happen a, a ton of times, but it it still always kind of throws me because even she just recently did an interview um, about Queen and Slim and she was explaining um, what about the film like is so complex, right? Or not, excuse me. She wasn't explaining what about the film is so complex. She was explaining why she and Melina, their experiences and their complex experiences are so important to the film. Like, they're integral to the film. She was saying that because, you know, Melina is Greek, Cuban, and black, that, you know, or African-American, I should say, um, because of these things, right, it makes her direction, you know, her own right and lena was saying because she is you know a black lesbian and she grew up watching you know all the black films the typical black films but also had a little bit of like martin scorsese and like a few you know quote-unquote different um film experiences she she because she studied Mm -hmm. you know a few different uh she had she she had references to right from from different direct right It, it made her uh it made her writing right, you know, different. And and she was saying that not all black people have an issue with that. I mean, uh, not all black people uh, get it right. Some people find her her writing or how she, uh, the stories that she might cr- create and tell, different, right? And I saw a lot of people also have an issue with that. And I was like, damn, this too. There are a lot of people. Oh, so what's she trying to say? Like all black people only are, you know, are one dimensional that we we aren't different too. Like, why does she think that she's special? Da, da, da. And I even, um, I was listening to full transparency. I was listening to the millennial mess podcast and they were discussing it on there. And two of the, sh- the, the shows uh, host felt very strongly, right? They felt kind of like she was saying that because she had these, uh, experiences and then well i shouldn't say they were saying that they basically interpreted it as 
her different experiences made her better than other black people. And I found it really weird that that was how it was interpreted. And I'm like, is this another situation where because of how I previously feel about things that she's done, I'm going to find the negative in what she's saying now? Because to me, what she was simply saying is that, like, like, like I said, I didn't, I don't understand why she wrote the, the the protest scene the way she did, right? I don't understand why she even wrote the ending the way that she did. But maybe her different film experiences made her say, mm, let me not go the typical route. Let me turn the viewpoint a little bit and, and, and do these different things with it, right? Because to me, all that she was saying is that, like, her experiences um, are why she writes the way that she does. And I, I think that's very valid. That is I very, didn't interpret that her is saying. That is very valid. And her experiences do right. inform, I mean, all of our experiences inform the way that we have conversations, the way that we create, the way that we think about things. And so I think that when people are offended by people saying my references, my training, my education informs the way that I execute um, art, I think that that, honestly is maybe an insecurity on that person i think maybe they're projecting and i i I feel the way because i think that oftentimes within the black community we are so widely scattered you know we are not a monolith and there are so many of us that have varying um experiences for example you know out of my you know out of my immediate friend group and i mean like people that are around my age I, I'm the one that travels for work. I'm the one that has had a lot of the more um, career-defining experiences. I've, I've, I've started to have those already. And so that informs a lot of the decisions that I make moving forward. That informs mm-hmm. um, why I don't do certain things. That just, it puts me in in a different position because I am a little bit more experienced in that way. And so some of the conversations that, that I'm able to have, some people have with me because of that. And I think that right. it's not, it's not really, um, if you're offended by that, then maybe you need to do a, a, a deeper dive into, into what you have going on and what's making you really feel like, hey, this is an attack on me instead of an opportunity for me to actually have a new reference and to really diversify my portfolio of thinking. Absolutely, because just because our glasses look the same doesn't mean we have the same Mm -hmm. prescription, right? We can have the same pair of Chanel glasses, but if we have different eyes, we have different eyes. Doesn't mean that your eyes are any better than mine. Doesn't mean that mine are any better than yours. And I feel like, I think the reason why I can, and, I, and I'll be honest, when I first read the statement, right? Because I was like, let me see what is, is, let me read this statement for myself and see like how this could be, you know, interpreted. I read it and at first I was like, huh. And I thought to my, the first thing I thought to myself, well, bitch, I haven't seen anyone say your writing is so different. Like, I haven't seen anyone really have take issue with your writing or the way that, you know, you kind of do things. And then I immediately said to myself, hmm, hold on, Vaughn. You have to remember that the people that you've surrounded yourself with, the community that you've curated yep. for yourself, would include Lena Waithe. Mm-hmm. It's queer. It's progressive. Mm-hmm. It's informed. And generationally, we're not that far removed, although she is older than us. I follow Lena Waits. 
I'm surrounded by Lena yeah. Waithe. Hell, I'm partially a Lena yeah. Waithe, right? So, of course, I don't find her writing that different. Of course, I'm not thrown off by her writing. But someone that's, say, maybe 10 years her senior that prefers a, a, a traditional black film, a Tyler, maybe they're an avid Tyler Perry you know, mm-hmm. fan. Maybe they are a, a typical Love Jones, you know, maybe they're a Love Jones kind of girl. They might see some of her writing and be like, oh, I don't really know why, like, she's doing that. Like, why why is this look this way, yeah. right? Because those people have different prescription. Yeah. Their, their lenses are different. Their lenses are colored a certain way. They're, they're painting, although the canvas is the same, right? Their painting is very different. So they are going to have or take issue with some of the things that Lena is writing and some of the stories and the way that she's telling things, right? So that was the first thing I had to do was when I found an issue, I took a step back, like I said, and get it together. Don't be afraid to take that step back, right? And I had to be real with myself and say, well, hold on. I'm a part of the community that she's talking, that she writes from, so I wouldn't find things so different. And furthermore, I agree with it because even as a like I'm a black man, yes. I'm Jamaican. I'm a completely different kind of black. When I moved to America, not even when I moved to America, when I moved to Atlanta, right? I think this is a perfect example. When I moved to Atlanta, I expected my experience to mirror my experience in Miami, in South Florida, and it mm. didn't. And I was more surrounded by black people, and I felt the most out of place I'd ever felt as a person of color. Got it. I went to school with a bunch of white people at when I was younger, but because the black people that I grew, spent my time with were also first generation or directly from, you know, Africa, uh, the Caribbean, um, South America, right? Because they had those cultural experiences. We were all other, right? So that black I was very familiar with. I genuinely did not spend a lot of time with African-Americans at that point. So when I came to move to Atlanta and was surrounded by nothing but African-Americans, especially because this was like 2007 yeah. Atlanta, not Atlanta now where that's more cultured and more informed and there's more of, of everything there. It's more of a melting pot now. This was 2007 Atlanta where people had literally not had a new kid come to the school that didn't live on the other side of town for like a mm-hmm. decade. <laughs> like I, I remember people telling me like, like, dang, we haven't had somebody from a completely different like country or state come here and forever like everyone went to the same middle school everyone went to the same elementary school everyone was going to the same high school it was a complete shift when i came there because i was i was the different i was the other and i'm sure there are other caribbean people of color that have that same experience so i agree with lean on that so i just i just wanted to we just wanted to discuss um you know, a little bit of PC color culture and a little bit of the like us helping people up a ladder and then waiting for them to fall or praying that they fall. I just think it's a little toxic. Not a little. It's very toxic. And um, we might need to uh, switch the way that we do things. I agree with that. I so, agree. Yeah. So if you guys want to chime in on this, this discussion, please, of course, feel free to do so. Um, let us know what you think. And in the meantime, we're going to take a quick little break and we'll be right back with y'all. Hey, you guys, it's Malik. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you haven't, be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter is GR 
o w i n u p g a y underscore and our instagram is g r o w n u p g a y be sure to tell a friend about what we're doing continue to share the show and we appreciate you and we love you now let's get back into the episode all right, it's time for On the Timeline. On the Timeline. Yes. I'm going to do that every single time. Every Just single so time. I need aware. that same note. And you know what? <laughs> I, I think we're going to have to um, record it so I can come in with the background right under it. Uh. <laughs> we're going to make it happen. We, we got a single coming for y'all. <laughs> um, but anyway, this week, okay, this is your first time listening to the show. Uh, the on the timeline portion of the show is where we literally discuss things that are on the timeline, whether they be Instagram or Twitter, Facebook. If it's a discussion, it's popular and people are talking about it and it isn't something that we feel is grand enough for an, an entire episode, it'll be in our on the timeline section. So uh, speaking of, you know, rooting for the underdog and then, you know, trying to take them out, um, Saucy Santana... Material girl. Material girl. <laughs> <laughs> Private jets, no Delta. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Saucy Santana was shot in Miami um, over the weekend. He was leaving a strip club. The office and, um, in Miami. Uh, yes. And um, while getting on the inter- intersection, a car pulled up to his uh, friend's car. His friend was driving. He was in the passenger seat. Um, and they opened fire on the car, shooting all three of the gentlemen that were in the car. It was Santana and two of his friends. Uh, and this topic to me was quite interesting to watch it unveil. Um, if you all remember, there was, uh, remember the Jesse situation? This was kind of not nearly as, as big of a deal, of course, um, but this was a similar situ- situation. Now, of course, before we get into it, I want to say praise up to Santana. Um, he was shot in the arm. Thankfully, no one in the car was harmed. Shout out to the Lord above for that one, because we don't need to be losing anyone, especially regardless of how you feel of Santana. There are, there's been some issues with him because he's said some things that are transphobic. Um, and, you know, of course, you know, he's had people have their own issues with him, how he presents and a lot of things that he says. All that aside, his life could have been taken from this incident, right? Yeah. The reason why I'm tying in the Jesse situation is because when the incident happened, of course, there was a, you know, everyone was taken aback, you know, hoping that he was okay, praying. He then came out um, in an interview that it looked like it came from TMZ, but I didn't see the TMZ marker on it, so I wasn't sure. Um, and he was basically saying that it, this was based on homophobia he was at the strip club with his friends and he was tipping the girls and that uh, he was tipping them well and they were having a lot of fun. And apparently, you know, people were had an issue with him because of his sexual orientation. And they felt like he felt like uh, that was what caused uh, the attack on him and his team. Moments later, um, Tip Drill, who is a, on Love and Hip Hop Miami, uh, I believe she was a stripper as well if there's the same tip drill that I'm thinking of, I didn't look into it because I don't really. Okay. Um, she came out and said, well, actually what happened was Santana was being very, and I, and I personally thought she should have minded her business a little bit. Cause she kind of, uh, made the security guard 
suspect number one. Yeah. So I'm sure he's probably looking at her like, sis, no, uh, shut up. Uh, she came out and basically said that Santana was um, being disrespectful and was doing a lot, uh, that he was arguing with the security and starting drama. Apparently, he was wearing a thong. And and this, I, this of course, I take issue with, right? That he was wearing a thong and that he was twerking with the girls trying to get on stage and he was basically doing the most. And he started a, a you know, confrontation with the security and that's what caused him getting, you know, shot. It, she was essentially saying it wasn't just because you're gay. It's because you were doing the most. And this made me think of two things, right? It just kind of reminded me how safe we aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, anywhere we go. Anywhere we go. Um, regardless of, of how supportive you are of that, that, that establishment, your presentation as a proud gay man could cause you your life to be taken yeah because let's be clear had santana been a woman that was doing this the security guard would not have had an issue with it no right so this is homophobia based regardless of how much santana was doing and if he was in fact starting a confrontation with the security i'm pretty sure that confrontation came from the security having an issue with his homophobe his homosexuality Mm -hmm. and how he was presenting said homosexuality right Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure the security guard would have preferred if Santana would have just thrown his money and not try to shake his ass as well. And I think what I also want to touch on is these people that become influencers kind of overnight, I think we can often forget. I think this was probably a reminder for Santana how safe we aren't. Yeah. Because I think Santana has been in a lot of spaces so far where he's been fully allowed to be himself as flamboyant, as gay, loud, big, and... and you know, femme as he wants to be. Yeah. He's been allowed to shit. He's literally been getting paid thousands and thousands of dollars to be big, loud, and femme. Yeah. Shake his ass, get on the mic, talk crazy, feel his beat, if you will, as I like to say. Yeah. Um, And that now offended, of course, a heterosexual security guard who allegedly tried to take his life. There's a lot more that we could discuss in regard to this. You know, we might need to revisit this one day. I think, but yeah, it's it's messy. It's sad. We're not safe anywhere we go. Santana, I love you, material girl. Stay up. Keep your head up. I think what is important is that we move from telling people how brave they are, telling people how we how much we love them, and then instead saying how can we help them? How can we do away with this? All this shit, you know, how how can you make it easier for people who don't have the same experience as you? I think that should be the takeaway as people are, you know, listening to this story and finding out more information. Like, how can we make it easier for people who have marginalized experiences, despite how big their personality may be? You know, like no one deserves to be shot at for just going out and having a good time. Right. Absolutely. Um, also in Miami, Brother Nature. Whew. Another uh, social media influencer. I'm pretty sure everyone knows who Brother Nature is at this point. If you don't, think like Tarzan, but from DR. Um, he was in Miami this weekend. Uh, and this is another situation of people trying to manipulate uh, the uh, 
people trying to use PC culture, if you will, in their favor and trying to manipulate their following into uh, caping for them. Um, he was in Miami. He went to a restaurant. Uh, well, okay. The first video rolled out of him getting um, beat up, right? There's two different videos of two different gentlemen beating him up at the same establishment. Um, and it was, when it came out, I'll be honest, I was like, y'all some pussies. Why y'all, you know, attacking this little kid? Like, he's not doing anything. You know, y'all are some lames, et cetera, et cetera. Because it, it seemed as if this was, you know, uncalled for. Uh, especially because the gentleman... They didn't really do them a favor uh, by, you know, following him around Miami all weekend and causing BS. So come to find out, he actually was the one starting a lot of the drama and he got his hands. He got the hands put on him because of that. Um, so, yeah, that is that is what it is. And uh, the last thing we wanted to end off uh, this week's on the timeline with is, of course, how often do you change your Twitter title? <sighs> Your towel. <laughs> this was a discussion I saw on Twitter. Well, Malik saw on Twitter and we wanted to bring it to, you know, the, the podcast. Because I felt like, A, why do y'all not change your towels? Like, So, I changed my towel. The question was, you know, how often do you, how, how long do you use the same towel that you use to, like, dry off with? And my answer was about three days. I, I will use the same towel for about three days and then I will, you know, put it in the hamper and get a new one. But there were some people that were saying they change their towel out every day. And it just was like, whoa, that is not eco-friendly. Like, why do you use it? Why do you change your towel every day? I right. I don't, I, I've, I've, I've never heard of that. Like, I, I... Unless, unless you are a very, very hardworking and very, like just uh, nasty, like I can see if you're like getting me- muddy every day or something, right, but just to right. wash. But even then, don't you get most of that off in the, in the shower? shower? Anyway, Shouldn't you get most of that off in the shower, right? Now, now a discussion we should have is the fact that you shouldn't use the same towel for your body that you use. Now for that things. is what you should not be that doing. That we can That's discuss. nasty. <laughs> Some people That's use the nasty. same towel for their faces, their body. Now you cannot do that. No, how can you wipe your? How can you like dry your ass off? And then, regardless of how clean, regardless it is. of how clean it is, and then try to use it to wipe your face after you finish cleaning your face. No, you just can't. You right. just can't. You, you can't. can't. So I definitely think every two to three yeah, days. Yeah, for sure. Every yeah, two to three days, sure. change it out. <laughs> but absolutely do not. Or people use people use will use their washcloth as their face towel. That's, That's disgusting. Too. It's just dis- that yeah, don't you do cannot that. do that. You cannot. No, nah, don't do that, y'all. Yeah, Please don't. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and yeah, no, just don't, don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, that is it for this week's Growing Up Gay. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed. Yeah. As always, be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, we do have the Spill It segment. We haven't had a Spill It in about a month now. I'm a little offended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you have anything, any questions you would like to ask us, if you need any advice on on anything, please feel free to write in. You can uh, reach out to us um, at... Vaughn at growingupgay.com, Malik at growingupgay.com, or growingupgay at gmail.com. All the rest of the information will be in the down bar below, where to follow us, where to find us, and where to fuck with us. So with that being said, we hope y'all have a wonderful day, night, weekend, month, year, and we'll catch y'all later. Peace.